Hey guys, I'm Rhea Fry, best-selling author, business owner, wife, mother, but most of all, I'm a human. And I'm Joe Tower, entrepreneur, producer, editor, husband, son, and I am also a human. As writers, we're always digging behind the story of publishing, ego, process, to get to the deeper truth of who we are and why we're here. While we're still pursuing that mission of the Right Way podcast, we wanted a platform where we could talk about being writers as well as being human. Now we'll be spending each episode talking with real people about real shit. This is the real story. I am. I am recording. What was I saying? What did I say about bullshit? What was I talking about? I just am. Fuck convention. I think like I've reached a point that is not apathy. I, it's not that I don't care, but I think in general, I am existentially so tired that I I I don't. Not, it's not that I don't care. It's that I refuse to allow myself to be further fatigued by bullshit external and societal conventions that have been imposed upon us and are a result only of conditioning and not in and do not in any way are not in any way a marker of ambition or success or or growth or awareness or knowledge or uh, have anything to do with whether or not you're a fully functioning human being. Well, I don't even know if we understand what it means to be a fully functioning human being at all. Well, we're not, right? We aren't actually. We. I, I feel like, and you and I have talked about this so many times before, the rejection of the hustle culture. And like, I love, like, to me like the ideal is ease and peace not not or, hustle or force not, and resistance like i think no. it's just yes you know and i said something yes. to you yesterday in a, a very funny text exchange um that went we had an yeah, amazing, no, it was amazing, we had an amazing funny, yeah. text exchange that, sh that should potentially go viral. <laughs> oh, it, it, it is like, it has the potential to be some kind of a viral oh, text my God. situation. Um, uh, yes, please yeah. tell us. Well, I just yeah. had this thought. I was just kind of, you know, literally sitting and thinking yesterday without listening to music or a podcast or, or anything, just, just staring out a window and you know, I was thinking about animals in general and how animals seem to operate under the laws of the universe. So, you know, all tigers kind of eat the same. They nap, they mate, they hunt, and they breathe. And they're just, they just follow the laws of the universe. <laughs> they aren't getting distracted by bullshit that humans have created. And so humans, instead of operating under the laws of the universe and paying attention to the animal that is our body, we operate under the law of all of these attachments that we've created. So we don't understand how to breathe, how to move, how to live. Like we do live in fight or flight all day, every day. We don't know how to downshift. We don't know how to be still we don't remember where we come from, how to act, or just like how to tap into our biology. So then we just bitch and moan and we create this, we create this struggle, which you brought up the other day, like everybody's struggling, right? Like there's, we all complain, we all bitch and moan, but you said something like how you were having 
a hard time like just relating to normal everyday life and normal struggles because your current day-to-day life is not the normal existence. And you said something that really stuck stuck with me that you said you were you were talking about like you were talking to a group of friends and you know, they were just talking about their lives but like you just couldn't really relate to it, but you said, you know, it wasn't about them recognizing your particular struggle, which has been very real, but it was about you letting go of your need to be recognized yeah. by them. Yeah, yeah. Well, I and I'm I'm so happy you bring that up because I do think that's. I mean, that's I think that's the crux of like some of the stuff we wanted to talk about today, which is this idea and you you. Speaking of things that we say to each other in text message and audio messages that like stick with us, you said something to me uh, over an audio message quite a while ago that was literally the precursor for this very feeling. Like, because I, I have had a growing, uh, you know, and this is a conversation I have to have with my therapist, but it's a, it's an increasing inability to relate to, to, to the expectation and and I think there's an expectation too, like when we do go through a traumatic event with our peers, amongst our peers, there's an expectation that we then at some point have to return to a normal life, right? That's why people get sick. Uh, like after I left LA, after I got divorced and left LA, eventually that the conversation with my peers ran its course. And eventually they don't want to hear about you having that hard time anymore. And, and I think one of the reasons I'm having such a tough time relating is, is because I'm reaching a point with some of my peers where they're clearly like, we don't like, they don't want to talk to me anymore because they don't want to talk about cancer and chemotherapy anymore. The problem, the problem with that is, is that at this point in my life, my life is cancer and chemotherapy. My life surrounds cancer and chemotherapy and taking care of my wife and her healing. That is what my life is. And the funny thing is, is that we're totally allowed and it's totally socially acceptable to talk about your work and money and your kids and, and, you know, family troubles. And this is, you know, oh my God, I, I, you know, I bought a new house and it was so hard and it's, that's all socially acceptable. But like, if my life surrounds a, a potential terminal illness, well then, you know, people can get sick of it and that becomes like taboo and that becomes something that people don't want to hear about. Well, you know why they don't want to hear about it? Because they, they cannot, we do not have an attention span for other people's pain because it reminds us of our own mortality and, and what could happen right. to no. us, you know, yeah. like we don't know how to, you're totally right. We don't know how to, you're totally well, we're also right. not taught to talk about painful things and going through them and being scared to die. And, you know, there's like a quick fix for that or here, read this quote or read this book or we like to avoid it. We like to avoid yeah, it. We like to then. Re- or, yeah. And replace it with, by making things that aren't really difficult, difficult, 
sound, like seem difficult. We like to make those a challenge so we don't have to actually talk about the real challenges. This is the long way of getting to this comment you said to me. So I was like really going through like a really difficult time in, in particular with some, you know, some old friends, like people that, um, you know, that I've, I've been close to for a long time. And, uh, and you, you are probably one, you're one of maybe two people that I am consistently comfortable who are like, you know, close friends, but like not within my household at the present time. But like, you're probably one of two people that I'm very, I'm, I'm always on a consistent basis, comfortable communicating with. And you said something, you were talking about kind of your own struggle. You were talking about some like some struggles with money and some struggles with finances. And you left this audio message, uh, on my phone and you made the comment of like not of like not getting paid for a particular project and you said i'm really just trying to sit with the discomfort of that and to me it was such a short little statement and to me it was like the it like it has resonated and become like the most profound thing because i think that you know what we just talked about the idea of like not talking about trauma, not talking about traumatic experiences, not wanting to like move past things that are uncomfortable to talk about all kind of factors into this idea that we are as a society have been conditioned to not sit in discomfort. That is our, that is our, th that is the one thing over all the things that we just absolutely cannot bring ourselves to do. No. And you know, I said this in the, the our text exchange yesterday too but we're all in such a rush to get to where we're going to feel better specifically we are always in a rush to feel better that because we think that there is a happiness destination that we're just gonna like land at with like all the money and living in the right place and being happy and nothing going wrong and and that is not life we will never get there there is no destination all we have is this moment as cliche as that sounds and a lot of times that present moment is highly uncomfortable, is incredibly scary, is so entrenched with discomfort that, of course, we want to move past it. But to me, like the whole point that is life is just to be OK with whatever emotions come up or whatever tragedies happen. You have to learn to sit with it, whether it is the dumbest little thing ever or whether you are dealing with something that is more like life or death. I think, you know, I'm really looking at children's education in particular. I'm like, wow, you know, these kids, especially today, are not taught to be resilient, to, you know, anytime a kid is upset or hurt, we rush as parents to make them feel better or like, no, don't cry, don't be upset, don't do this. And we talk them out of their feelings because we want to feel better. And like, oh you know what I mean? God. Like, that's what we do. Oh my God. This is so poignant. That's the most poignant thing. That's so like, and be, and you're totally right. It has nothing to do. I mean, all right. Of course it has to do with the idea of like easing someone else's pain, but ultimately do that. we do that so that <laughs> we do, we do that so that we don't have to exactly. feel bad that they feel and that's bad. you know your friends it's like well of course they don't want to sit and and let you talk about the struggle and and really like hear you because they will then 
feel something that they probably don't want to feel or don't want to face in themselves. It's so much easier to walk through numbing ourselves to all of the emotions that we don't pay attention to because we're burying them with our technology, with our habits, with our buffering, with our addictive behaviors. So none of us are ever really just like sitting and feeling everything. I mean, well, and and what's really fascinating to me is I think sitting in that sitting in discomfort it, and and that kind of like radical acceptance that comes with like you know, and I, I'm, I'm not trying to like air, air dirty laundry, but you left that message. The context was like, you were waiting on some payment from a project so that you could pay some yeah, bills. Totally. And <laughs> you, you were like you, and, and I think that there's a, like a, a kind of a, a fundamental, um, uh, rock and a hard place that adults have to face sometimes where it's like, I have to do this, but I can't until this right, happens. And right. really my, my only solution is to wait. Like I really don't have like a, there's not, you know, there's no action that I can take in this moment to solve this. And I think that's where sitting in discomfort comes from. And I think cancer has like taught me, like my wife's cancer has taught me that lesson. It's like, there's a point and we have talked about this point because like up until now, you know, we have gotten a lot of like great prognosis, but there are people that are in the same position that we are that do not get the same prognosis. And there is a point where it's like, you know, and I think the point of like even getting diagnosed with cancer, it's, there's a, there, it's a point of no argument. It's just a point of being like, okay, all we can do is sit with this and wait. Like that's all, that's all that we can do. And, and I, I, now I've, I've totally lost my point because I'm so taken with the subject. Um, no, you haven't. I mean, I think, I think that's just such an important lesson is sitting, of course, sitting in the discomfort with whatever it is, but then the only thing then that we can control or we get to control is how we feel about something or how we respond to something or how, you know, and I, I've really been doing a lot of work and Alex and I've been talking at length, like I've really been dissecting my own behaviors and tendencies. And I just, you know, I think I'm a, a good person at heart, but I'm like, I am also a really critical judgmental asshole. Uh, mo most of the time, I mean, I, you know, and I think about it, like just, just, I, I was noticing the other day, like from the time I got up to, I don't know, like lunchtime, I was like, let's just pay attention to what comes out of my mouth. And there's and, and Alex, oh my God, he had such an aha moment about me this morning that I was like, oh my God, I've never thought about that. So I am, I get up and I, I am verbal and I'm an auditory learner and like, you know, all that stuff. But he was like, you walk through the day and you narrate your life. You narrate how you feel in the moment. You narrate like what you're noticing. You you narrate, you are telling the story of your every like emotion and feeling as you go throughout the day, whereas Alex internalizes everything. So as a result of that, it sounds like I am where I think I'm I'm just providing commentary. It's really complaining is what it actually is. And so it's so fascinating. I'm like, oh, but I process 
by stating something or, or, or stating an observation or, or stating, but, but when you really like start to look at it, it's like, oh my God, everything that's coming out of my mouth is some sort of judgment or some sort of criticism. And what does that really say about me and the reality that I'm constructing? It's like, I want to, I can't just shut my mouth and like, sit can can we mention though can we like just i just want to like make a mention of like what a fascinating experiment that is totally to say to yourself like okay from breakfast until lunch well every i mean i'm gonna be very mindful about everything that comes out of my mouth because what a thing that none of us do ever i i bet you that you would find that a lot of us are 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 that same way I, i a point that i was gonna make i think uh before prior to completely like losing my my place um, and I think it, it, it kind of goes along with this is, um, is that kind of like self-observation. And I think that, you know, while, I, I mean, obviously in, in the situation that I'm in, I have been so able and so capable to like slip right back into like, cause I can be a very, like, uh, I have a tendency to be very like, um, uh, what was me a very like, uh, you know, I, I, I've always been, I've, I mean, I think like white men in general, like we have, we, we are lucky enough to like have this privilege to be like, the universe is against me. Like, I, you know, why this isn't fair. And I, I, I think I have that, um, I, I unfortunately suffer from that, like strange, like white male legacy. But you don't, you don't complain about it though. You might internalize that, but you don't come off that way. I think I internalize and it it does happen often, but I will say that since, since Anna got diagnosed, I think like one of the things that we've, we've made a a concerted effort to do is, is, is practicing our, our gratitude and being, Oh, which you've done. And being aware of our gratitude. And I, you know, I'm very aware of how we're very aware of how we practice our gratitude. We don't ever want to like, practice our gratitude in as compared to somebody else's, um, you know, heart, like bad fortune. Like we want to like, make sure that we're, we are actively and consistently finding the things that we're, that, that make us feel uh, lucky and cared for and, and, and the way that what all the things that we have. And I think one of the other reasons that I've become, it's become so difficult for me to relate is this kind of lack of, is, is the lack of that, the lack of awareness, the lack of saying to yourself on this day from breakfast to lunch, I'm going to pay attention to everything that comes out of my mouth. We're not paying attention. So we're more just like kind of acting on these impulses. We're more responding. We're more just reactionary. Reacting. Yeah. And I, and I think, I think where the disconnect occurs is not in hearing other people's struggles as compared to our own. Like we don't, that doesn't bother us. Like every, as I've told several friends who've been on the phone with me or, or we've talked on a zoom call and they've said like, oh, but this isn't really that big of a deal, like compared to what you're going through. And I'm like, it's not a competition. Like we all have our struggle and that's totally fine. I think the disconnect for me is the, is, is that we're all going through this struggle, but the people that are unable to find the things that they should be grateful for, even when they're obvious. Do you know what I mean? And I think like we have a great, 
lack of awareness for even the shit that's obvious, even the shit that we say, even the shit that we do on a regular basis. We just don't want, want, we are never inspired to wake up to that. So I I think it's amazing that you kind of said that to yourself one morning and you're like, I'm going to pay attention to what I say today. (laughs) But the the trick is to do it every day. You know what I mean? To get up and be conscious and awake and aware. And you, that is one, one thing that you have done that has really blown me away. You and Anna both. I mean, since this diagnosis, what, over six months ago now, there's not been a day that, I mean, we have communicated almost on a daily basis and there has not been a day where you have not expressed your gratitude for me, for our friendship, for, I mean, it, it's been pretty astounding. Like you always bookend <laughs> the audio message or, or the conversation with making that known and that practice alone, you know, most of us wake up and it's like, okay, what do I got to do today? Or people reach for their phones or it's just, again, you're on autopilot. You're thinking the same thoughts. You're doing the same things. You're going through the same motions. And, you know, there are those people who the moment they're, feet hit the ground in the morning. It's just like taking a beat and a breath and naming the things in your head that you are so grateful for. And I think, you know, going back to what you said at the beginning about this hustle culture and and just all of us, the need, I was listening to this podcast and it just cracked me up because the, this guy, his name's Brian McKenzie. He's a breathing coach and he was snowboarding in the morning, gets up, snowboards first thing in the morning. And he was noticing all of these people on this beautiful fresh powder on this mountain, stopping their experience to take videos and pictures to probably post on social media as if someone, another person can ever experience what it is you are experiencing. So every time we go on to watch someone else's videos, like you will never know what it's like to be that person, to have those experiences. And most of us spend so much time looking outward, looking at how other people are doing it, comparing ourselves, figuring out what we can do, trying to make ends meet, that we don't just take stock of the amazing gift that is our own life and what we have in it. It's our lives. And I feel like we have become so consumed with what other people are doing, common, like just the commentary on other people's lives. Like how, how do we know what we're grateful for when we never pay attention to what we have? It's always looking at it in the lens of what we Well, don't. and how hilarious is it that we talk about like, particularly social media culture, like it's somehow... Like this is the vehicle for marketing and advertising, but by and large, we're, we're using it. We're not using it to market or advertise anything, but, but our own life. But our own life, like as if we were supposed to share every single experience for what, like for what, who, for who's, what? who it, and all that is. So that's not even an experience. You're not having that you're experience. Not, and you're not all you are either is you're actively thinking about how to showcase this to other people for what reason to, and to that, like to that whole scenario, I ask to what end, 
So what is the purpose of that? What is the end goal of that? What is that? What, how, who does that fulfill? What problem does that solve? Who does that do anything good for? Exactly. Well, and exactly. And I think people need to really start asking themselves that question because every time it's been scientifically proven that every time you interrupt your own experience to stop and take a picture or take video or photos or whatever, you actually don't process that experience. We, we so rarely process anything now because we're not integrating time. Like I, I just went out of town for a couple days for a very intense deep dive session with a client that was like really hard actually. And it was seven hours one day, five hours the next day. I got up one morning to go hike. And what did I do? I was like, I took out my phone. I was trying to find uh, good music to listen to. And then I stopped and I took pictures and video. And on the, on the drive back, I was like listening to a podcast. And like what I really needed to do was to be absolutely silent and have time, hours to process what I just gone through the last two days. Like look at your situation with, with Anna and what you guys have been through. It will take so long to truly process what you've been through. And it's almost impossible with the routine of life and the manic pace of life and trying to keep up with everything. And you've got the health insurance stuff and you have to make sure this is done. And and you're kind of like running around doing all of these things that a one, one hour therapy session per week is not gonna cut it. Like we have to start building in time to process how we feel what we're experiencing, what we are grateful for, instead of just living on this mindless, because it is mindless. We're not using our minds, but just this mindless loop that we go through. Can we, Anne, like, can we just like take a look individually? And I think this is another good exercise for people to do. And it's, it's an exercise that I've done in the last few weeks. Um, I remember this moment that I had this thought that you know, I was thinking about what you said about about sitting in this comfort, and I I kind of recognized the idea that I had a lot to let go, and I was laying in bed, and it's very early. I mean, we go to bed very early. We we get we get tired very early. We're usually in bed by like you know eight thirty nine o'clock, and here I mean as as it is anywhere during the summer, like but particularly here in Colorado, it's still very sunny. Um, it's still like very light out, so the window is open. The sun is kind of setting over the Rocky Mountains, and. I'm looking out the window and for once, for once, because look, you know, I talk about the absence of device and the absence of social media, like I'm not on my phone fucking five hours, at least five to six hours a day, like a fucking monkey. Um, I am, I, rem, I, I, for the, for the once I did not grab my phone to look at it. And I'm just sitting there laying in bed next to my sleeping wife. And I'm looking out the window and I'm thinking to myself, like I am carrying a lot of baggage from my past. I'm carrying a lot of baggage from my past and I'm carrying a lot now. And I'm carrying all of these, you know, expectations, not only expectations that I have on myself, but expectations that I have of other people for myself and how I've got to just like, I just got to release it all. If I want to be free to do anything, to be, to be, happy and make any progress and truly grow. I have this, I have this thought while I'm staring out the window of my apartment. What kind of thoughts do you think that I have when I'm scrolling through fucking LinkedIn? Yeah, what, or what when thoughts I, when do you I, have? Or when I'm looking at the fucking, like it's, it always turns to some kind of like deep level of 
despair or um, some kind of a, like uh, like the you know I start to think about like the um, uh, like a kind of like deep well of of uh, scarcity uh, starts to starts to emerge. I mean, those are all of the thoughts that come up when we're going through social media, like when we're scrolling through social media and scrolling through the internet, this kind of like, this is why we call it doom scrolling. Absolutely. You know? I mean, how can you, I mean, in five minutes or however long that you laid there, you realized, dropped in, had a download of like what you needed to release and what you actually needed. And when we're scrolling and consuming or texting or whatever, it's all about the other and like because as you say as you have said many times this is when we are not living life but we are responsive or reactionary i mean and that's i if everyone is honest with themselves i think there are very few people who aren't living a reactionary life and who aren't living in response to other people other people's expectations you know, you're you're just looking outward instead of being quiet and still and figuring out like what you need. And, you know, you you said something about, you know, needing to let go. And I've really realized too, like I've done all this work and seen so many healers. And I'm like, man, this shit is still so, so much trauma, like physical, emotional, mental trauma is still so trapped in my cells. Like I can feel it. I can feel the stress. I can feel the anxiety, just like all of it wound up so, so tightly. And it manifests in a million different ways, physically, verbally, emotionally. And we can't let any of that stuff go because I think we're, it's, we're so (laughs) used to it being part of our identity. Like, who am I if I don't complain? Who am I if I, don't think about money in this specific way. Who am I if I, you know, don't do X, Y, or Z? Like, that's scary because it's unfamiliar and it is uncomfortable. And, but yet it's like, what's on the other side of that is probably the purest form of you. And again, I always go back to children and watch just the absolute pure love that they are and how it slowly starts to drift and sift out of them as society takes hold, as their peers take hold, as people tell them what they are and they are not and what they can and what they cannot do. And that spirit just like dims and dims and dims. Oh and my God, how fucking sad is that? Oh, oh my it's, God. It's, it's, it's like the worst thing. To, well, and that's witness. another thing I said to you the other day too, when we were on the text, that that text chain is, you know, I, I read this quote, um, that was, I can't remember if it was on LinkedIn or Twitter or wherever, but it was like adults make a plan and then they stick to that plan and children just chase whatever makes them feel good. And yes. like, what, which one is better, you know? Well, which, I mean, okay. So what, what you said, children chase what feels good and, and they 1000% do, whether it's physical, emotional, mental, whatever, when they want to cry, they cry. If they want to touch themselves, they touch themselves. And that's not something that a lot of parents talk about, but kids explore themselves and are aware of themselves and we're like, oh, no, you can't do that. You can't do that in public. You can't do this. Um, we start to attach shame. Don't do that. To, That's weird. To, 
that's wrong. That's this. Uh, so what feels good then is like just absolutely ruined by shame when if we were, again, going back to what I said earlier, earlier about animals and how they really just follow the laws of the universe, if we actually tapped into how, like, what we are supposed to be doing here, how we are supposed to feel and look at all of this distraction and all of this noise. And I hate those two words because it doesn't really signify the importance of all the shit that gets in the way of who we are. And if we don't start truly wading through all of this and pushing all of this to the side, I don't think it's even possible to figure out what you're grateful for, who you are, um, and and honestly, how you want to live. And it has nothing to do with how anyone is fucking living on Instagram. I'll tell you that right now. Like, you see what other people want you to see. And like, we all buy into it. Like, it's, well, like it's, it's funny. something real. We all, we all know it now. We all say we all it know. now. Of we course. all we all watch and we're but but the funny thing is we're still doing it. We all watch these people online who post their swimsuit photos and they post their photo on the beach in Bali and they post that photo of like, you know, at the vineyard or whatever and it's like we all know that that there is a probably a very real story behind it, whatever that is, and yet we don't we still do it. We still are posting those that shit and we're still scrolling through that shit and letting that shit affect our state of Oh my mind. God. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And like yesterday, I, I think I told you, but like I got up at five and came out, sat on my deck, watched the sunrise like from start to completion. Like when is the last time you sat without a phone and just sat with your thoughts and watched the most amazing miracle that occurs every day, no matter what. You watch that sunrise and like listening to the birds and breathing and just like being so grateful and and grounded. You know what? You know what? Period. Period. Here is <laughs> and here's the question to everybody that's listening. Here's the question. When is the last time you sat without your phone, period. Sunrise, sunset, middle of the day, outside, inside, in your office, in your living room, in your car, don't care where it is. <laughs> email email us at, po at, at podcast at rightwayco.com because I, I wanna know, I wanna hear the moment. I want, what did you, did it happen? If it did happen, what did you glean? What did you learn? What did you realize? What becomes obvious when we don't have that distraction to react to life when instead we're just living? Mic drop. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to Right Way Presents The Real Story. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and comment. And for more information on The Real Story and Right Way, visit rightwayco.com.